your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns. Uh, Jeff Floyd here, your host of Locked On Browns. Daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Um, we're going to get in here tonight, and um, look, guys, this is kind of something fun we're going to get into here. Um, I do want to mention, though, guys, uh, whether it's Alexa, whether it's Surrey, um, we got about three Alexas going on in this house, so it's nuts. Everybody's yelling at Alexa all day long. But, very simply enough, Alexa, play podcast, Lockdown Browns. She will take care of it. And the kids are loving when I go into the rooms and make it do that for them. They're really enjoying that part, guys. Um, anything you need from the Lockdown NFL Network, whether it's, uh, check out the Instagram uh, account, Check out the Twitter account. We uh, Obviously, everything go flowing through there. So anything from me, the other 31 teams, the draft shows, <clears throat> the Locked On uh, NFL podcast uh, flagship show with Matt Williamson, uh, with the fantasy shows, everything flows through those accounts, guys. As always, you know, follow the Locked On Browns Twitter account. We keep that a follow-back account. Uh, follow me personally, at JeffLJ underscore... LJ, uh, Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, guys, iTunes rating and reviews. Keep them coming, please, 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 please. Um... But here's the thing, guys. Um, when you cover a brand bad franchise, and you've heard me and Jake Burns talk about this a lot, it's really, really tough to continue to do the work because you're trying to find something there to be positive about and get your juices going. Well, there's a guy who wrote really well about the Cleveland Browns for a little while, and I think maybe he got to the point where it was such a bad product, it was so hard to write about them. He's back, guys, over at Dog by Nature. Uh, Ryan Alton, guys, he was on with us over the summer, um, but Ryan's back writing and just goes to show you when the product gives, supplies you with some juice, you're able to go ahead and cover it in a way that you want and you feel good enough about doing, and Ryan's one of those guys. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Jeff. How you doing, buddy? Uh, couldn't be better. I mean, you know, look, I mean, here it is, January. Uh, you know, I mean, we're almost to the point now where I haven't played a football game in a month, but you know, the Cleveland Browns, the buzz has not died, Ryan. It's only picking up steam. You know, as we were joking, there's about, you know, 275 assistant coaches on this roster, the way it's working out, but, uh, very, you know, different, diverse. But Ryan, last we had you on, it, it actually, we were backtracking. We figured it was right before week two of the preseason, because I remember it was the, uh, for me, it was about the time where I was just done with Josh Gordon on any capacity whatsoever, which actually turned to fruition about a month later. Um, you were talking about, man, we need to establish the run. Um, now, the preseason looked good. We all seemed kind of positive. Uh, then it started off on a rough trap. But here, uh, you know, like, like you did then, like I'm going to let you do now, give me your current State of the Union and feel about this franchise, which, I mean, I don't think anybody thought it could have come together this fast. No, for sure. Um, you know, at, man, as of right now, I'm just counting down the days until uh, till training camp. I mean, it, it's impossible to not be totally jacked and excited for 2019. Um, and nobody, you know, I don't think anybody saw this coming. Um, you know, I figured 2018, as soon as they decided to bring back Hugh Jackson, I went on and on. Anybody that follows me on Twitter knows that I just couldn't stand Hugh Jackson, and I thought 2018 was just going to be a wasted season. And then, um, of course, it came to fruition that he was gone, um, and Todd Haley went. And um, I didn't think, honestly, with Greg Williams taking over as head coach and this unknown guy named Freddie Kitchens coming in, I mean, his great story, running backs coach, you know, Southern guy, you know, everybody loves him. But I honestly, I told one of my friends, I said, they're not going to win another game. I said, that's it. You know, they, they won. They were, what, 2-5-1 and one at that point? I figured uh -huh. they'd 2-13-1. You know, that was it. And, uh, you know, another top-five pick, all that stuff. And he's like, oh, dude, you're crazy. 
And turns out I was. I, I didn't know what I was talking about because Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens came in and they completely turned this team around. Uh, you know, the culture, obviously, a lot of that had to do with Baker. Um, and so now they're sitting at the point where they can hit the ground running. You know, they, they promote Freddie to the head coach. Baker's obviously very comfortable with Freddie. Um, you know, it sounds like the coaching staff is being made up of a lot of Freddie's guys, but I think John Dorsey's having a hand in that. I love the new structure where uh, Freddie's reporting directly to Dorsey. You don't, you don't have – it's amazing to me that it took Jimmy Haslam this long to figure out what type of structure needed to be in place in, in Berea. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that, like, it always just seemed off with the hiring practices. Like, he hires Hugh Jackson, has him report straight to him, has Sashi Brown report straight to him. Obviously, there's a power struggle there. Then he fires Sashi Brown, brings him John Dorsey. Now there's another power struggle because, you know, Dorsey's obviously not going anywhere. So then Hugh's got to go. So it just finally, I think he's finally got the alignment where it needs to be and i think it's going to be successful and i'm i'm completely excited about uh baker about the you know the offensive production bringing in todd monkin as oc uh it's just there's a million different things or reasons to be excited right now so i just can't wait <laughs> yeah and for me you know even if it's it's steve wilkes and you know and obviously with with monkin the thing here is though is you look at these guys. You know, obviously, Monk, Monk, you know, was a a, a runner up for two head coaching jobs. What right. did he come to Cleveland for? That's it. I'm going to go run with Baker Mayfield for a year, and hopefully, that's the last resume filler I've got. Wilkes, here's a guy aggravated, got his first head coaching gig. And look, I, and guys, you've heard me say, it, you cannot give a first time head coach just one season. It's not fair. It's just, I mean, you know, it's just not good business. And now here's Wilkes, who's going to come in with a heavy chip on his shoulder. And I think with some of the guys Freddie's brought in on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball was it was almost like a backup plan. Like, look, I understand, you know, obviously Monk and definitely probably only going to be here a year. So let's every everybody kind of be a part of this. You know, he is the offensive coordinator, but I'm going to need one again in about 11 months. Uh, you know, same thing could happen with Wilkes on the defensive side of the ball. So it, it, it was interesting how all that played out. Um, I love the fact that you brought up Jimmy Haslam. Look, it's fantastic that you are the one of the top businessmen in the entire country. That's great. It doesn't mean it applies to running a football franchise. And you know, like you said, whether it was Hugh, and, you know, I mean, it, and there were these individual meetings. Now it's you know, you know, uh, John Dorsey says, "Hey, Freddie, come on up for lunch." Oh, by the way, Jimmy's going to stop by. So everything is done, you know, almost like it's a triumvirate where you can say to your owner, oh, we're going to do this this way. We're going to, this is why we're choosing to do this. And where Jimmy can come in and nod along. And maybe it's the wins. And maybe it was the fact that Jimmy looks at his team and says, wow, we're 7, 8, and 1. Where he can kind of almost, you know, walk around the stadium, you know, and I might just mean the field, the stands, and shake hands and take pictures with fans. And people feel a lot more confident about his product because he's kind of let it shown more confidence in now the people assembled in the building to make his product what he wants it to be. And look, I mean, for a guy like that, with all the success he's had outside of football, it takes a great, you know, it takes a great effort to let go of all of that. But this is so much better, and every fan is happy. You see players happy. You see, I mean, Freddie just sitting up there with that big old country boy smile with a baseball hat on. It almost reminded me of Necessary Roughness, where, you know, uh, Ed Gennaro wanted to rip his shirt and tie off. 
at halftime. I mean, that's what you got from Freddie and that. But you just, everything about it right now, I mean, there, there's not an arrow down anywhere for this organization right now. No, no. I mean, this is the most uh, most optimistic and most positive. It's it's just amazing that, uh, you know, this has all happened in one year. Um, and it just goes to show you, like, I mean, granted, drafting Baker Mayfield has a lot to do with that. But it just goes to show you how, like, it doesn't take five years to turn around an NFL franchise. You know, it, these teams up until now, you know, teams have been doing it all over the league. And the Browns, Browns fans have always been like, why not us? Why can't we do that? What What is going on where we are perpetually terrible and all these other teams seem to, you know, go from worst to first in, in a season or two, you know, and I think – once you have that quarterback and you have that alignment in the front office, you don't have a power struggle between head coach and GM or, you know, whoever, um, you get everybody on the same page. And, you know, we knew the Browns were talented. Talent was never a question. I don't buy all that crap. And again, I've been, you know, very loud with my opinions about this. I don't buy that crap about how Hugh Jackson didn't have the players to win. No way. He absolutely had players to win he may not have had baker mayfield until this season but there were wins to be had you can't you can't tell me otherwise there were way more wins than one out of 32 to have <laughs> over this first two seasons now you bring in baker you know he the, the team starts winning and stuff like that you get rid of Hugh and all his excuses and all, all the baggage that came with that. And you get a real coach, people that are selfless, people that are going to put the players first. They're going to put the players in position to succeed. There's, there's no ego, you know, people aren't looking over their shoulders. You know, you're, you're just putting all that aside. And, and I love the way that Freddie handled it because he always got up there and said, you know, of course he's always asked, do you want to be the head coach of this team? I mean, what's he going to say? No, but <laughs> He handled it the best he could and said, look, I'm not campaigning for any job right now. I'm, I'm only worried about this week. And Greg Williams, to his credit, I think he did a great job with that, too. The focus was on this week and this week alone. We're not looking at, you know, what's going to happen after the season. You can't afford to, you know, and I think they both handled it very well, um, and especially for two guys that weren't really – you know, it's not like they were buddies, you know, b before beforehand. I mean, Greg was brought in by Hugh and then Freddie kind of came in under Haley. You know, they I don't know if they had any previous relationship before that, but they came together and made it work for the last eight weeks of the season. And, you know, the, the team responded and uh, I can't wait to see what happens going forward. I think, you know, roster wise, talent wise, we we need some depth, uh, but, you know, you you can't look around and say, oh, man, we we really need this or we really like it's wide open, you know, with the cap space that they have free agency. I know it's not a great free agent class, at least not yet until, um, until we know it officially. That's everybody wants to talk free agency. And it's so tough. We won't know until a week before. That's how it works. Right. Because guys are going to get cut. You know, you, you heard about. You know, there's rumors about guys getting cut and, you know, stuff like that. Gerald so, McCoy example, those types of guys, yes. Right, yes, thank you. I, I was struggling to come up with the name, but I knew there was a big example within the last couple of days that I was like, I heard a lot of, saw a lot of people talking about. But, um, 
you know, yeah, and I think Dorsey, I mean, he was active last year with the trades. I think he'll be active again. I think they're going to maximize this window they have with Baker on a rookie contract. Miles Garrett's on a rookie contract. You know, um, you're bringing in, you might only have Todd Mockin for a year. So, you know, if, if the Browns do what they're supposed to do, those guys are all going to get looks at head coach next season. You know, Monken and, and Wilkes and maybe some other guys. So, I mean, you want to maximize the window. You know, I don't think they're going to sit on their hands and just play this, well, let's see what happens in the draft. I think Dorsey's going to be very active. Um, and, man, they're just going to keep loading up talent, and I can't wait to see it. Um, I, there's no doubt about it. And if you, you, know, if you wanted to say, and, and for me, if you want to say there is a need, I, I think you're going to need some more defensive linemen. Um, I, I go to Jacksonville's run last year very deep. Uh, the Rams always seem to be pretty deep at defensive line, and they have no problem adding somebody guy somebody later on. Um, but you know, I, I do think I, I agree with you. There's going to be whether it's a draft pick or a free agent signing where a lot of people are going to scratch their heads and be like, "Well, did we really need that guy?" No, I just think it's going to be a case of they didn't see the need to turn him down. So if you have five cornerbacks you trust, now you got six, or you know what? Yeah, I mean, you're going to bring in a receiver or two. I mean, you're going to acquire players. That's just the way it's going to be, and. It'll be more of a case of, you know, in the end of August, like, well, damn, I can't trim this roster to 53. Uh, I'm tapped out at 60. I want to keep seven more. But this is what happens with good franchises and good teams. Uh, guy lock, guys, locked on Browns here. Uh, Ryan Alton, obviously, you know, writing over at Dogs by Nature. Uh, you know, he's got the juice back now, and I, I can't blame him. Uh, yeah, as you guys have heard me say many times, covering this team on a daily basis through 2017 was difficult. It was crazy difficult. And now where you can see, it's it's not even that you're trying to look for the light at the end of the tunnel. You see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, NFC Championship came this weekend, guys. Obviously, Rams, Saints, the Lockdown Rams podcast. Uh, guys, they're doing a fantastic job. Uh, the guys over there working their tails off. Uh, so if you're looking for any coverage on the NFC Championship game, uh, the Lockdown Rams uh, podcast, guys, go ahead get it in the rotation. Now, Ryan, it's been interesting. And and this it's it's been weird because with... With the coaching hires, it's almost been kind of like, well, oh, he's available. He's a quality name. And Cleveland, it's like a phone call or two. The guy's in the building, and two hours later, he's signing, you know, he's putting pen to paper. This stuff never went on. I'm um, like, the defensive coordinator was the assistant defensive back coach, you know, <laughs> for Tampa three, four years ago. Now you're just calling up quality names, and these guys are like, yeah, we're going to uproot our family. We'll come to Cleveland for a year. Don't worry about it. We're in. And it's just yet another statement about how quickly, you know, the the acceleration process has gone. Yeah, it's good to see. I mean, you know, and that, like you said, good good team problems. I mean, you're you're gonna have you, you're gonna have lots of talented coaches that want to be here, and then you know, unfortunately, you're gonna lose talented coaches because you know, if you're on the staff that finally gets the Browns to the playoffs, or maybe even more, uh, you're going to get looks. I mean, you know, every, everyone's looking at Cleveland right now. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to see, you know, all these guys and such a diverse background for some of them, yep. you know, like, uh, you know, the, the, what it was, Saskatchewan Red Riders head coach quits to Chris Jones. To- yeah. Head coach yeah. and general manager. Yeah. I'll, I'll take whatever role you got on defense. <laughs> I'll be a senior defensive specialist for the Cleveland Browns rather than, yeah, you know, and then, 
the guy they just picked up a couple more guys out of the college ranks today and a couple yesterday it's just like it's it's fun um we'll see how it all comes together i mean i i trust dorsey i trust freddie you know i i assume that they have these guys in mind for a reason and you know we'll just see how it plays out but uh it's definitely fun to see it all come together and hopefully the same will hold true when it comes to recruiting players you know players are gonna want to come here and it's we're not going to have to uh we're not going to be used as leverage with agents oh yeah cleveland's got a lot of cap space uh you know my client might be interested in playing there and it turns out they're just using that to leverage a spot somewhere else you know um you know i i think that uh free agents and and players are going to want to come here and they see they see what happened and it's just again it's amazing that it all turned around so quickly yeah, and, and look, I mean, if you're an offensive player and, you know, you're, you're looking, you know, and, well, you know, am I cashing in or I can go catch 35 to 50 passes from Baker Mayfield because he seems to throw to everybody or, you know, uh, you're a good coverage linebacker. Wow, you know what? I'm not going to have to play, you know, a thousand snaps next year. I'll get used more in a role that suits my best abilities and I'm going to have a chance to play January football. It, it, it it's it's going to be interesting how that plays out. I do want to go back to um to your point of you know Greg and Freddie just kind of making the best of it, and it was a Kansas City game, and you know right off the bat there was you know I mean you saw Greg looking at Freddie, go for it, God, what is it fourth and two, go for it, go for it, go. I mean how are we going to compete with these teams? Barely knew the guy, you know I mean because he certainly didn't know him as a play caller because it wasn't like Freddie was calling the plays, but in you know and for Greg the tough spot was. Greg Williams is never going to be a head coach in this league again. So for Greg, it was, I, I want to put myself in the best position for whatever the next gig is. And he wasn't going to stay in the defensive coordinator. If you're going to get passed over, it's just the kind of way, you know, it's almost kind of like, you know, like a breakup in a relationship. Oh, can we still be friends? No, it's not going to work out. So, you know, Greg was going to have to go move on. Um, I do love the fact of being here in New Jersey. Uh, these people have, they're all excited these New York reporters have no idea what they're in store for with Craig Williams. None whatsoever. <laughs> so that's going to be fantastic to watch. His, yeah. pressers, his pressers are going to be better than the head coach for the Jets because, I mean, they're going to ask so many stupid, dumb, founded questions, and Greg is just going to light them up for him because that's what Greg does. So, but, you know, the KC game, and you saw it, you know, they hit the ground running in that aspect. Um, I do want to get back to the roster. Obviously, there, 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 there's going to be some needs here. Um, and look, there's some you know free agents, and you know two of the brightest stories, in my opinion. Look, I mean Baker and Miles and all these young kids, Jabril Peppers, another one, stepping up to you know show their worth. Yes, I mean, but that was was what it was expected. Um, two castoffs in Greg Robinson and Brashad Perriman. Th- that was kind of the fun thing here. I mean, look, these guys were highly, highly touted. You know, both very good athletes at their positions. Nothing ever worked out for them. Greg, obviously, was four years in the league. Perriman, it was three. And, you know, Greg Robinson, it was almost, when he signed here, it was kind of like, well, this is what's left. This this is the only call I'm getting. All right, let's go to Cleveland, see what we can do. Brashard Perriman, it was, you know, I'm healthy. I had a decent preseason. I've already blown out with my first team. Nobody's calling. And really, the only reason the Browns called is because they could put him in that Sunday to do a couple of things for them. And but both these guys, nose to the ground, came in, worked their butts off, and end up becoming solid, solid contributors to this team. Yeah, I mean, when you look back at the 2018 season, in 
in addition to Freddie, and I mean, it's like these guys were all in the same boat. Like they were, you know, nobody expected anything, you know, and they just came in and completely exceeded every expectation. You know, I, I, Greg Robinson, I remember when he came out in the draft, I was, you know, I wanted to draft him and pair him in the next year. You know, I, I, I was, cause the Browns were, seemed like they always needed a wide receiver in the draft <laughs> for years. And so I was like, okay, you know, this kid, you know, he's, he's tall, he's physical, you know, he's fast, he can stretch the field, you know, and then he went to Baltimore and, uh, it never worked out, fortunately. Um, and so these guys come to Cleveland and, uh, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what happened. I don't know what got into them, but whatever it was, it worked. And I hope that uh, they're able to resign both of them because, um, you know, we we could definitely use them um, this coming year. You know, it just makes the the need, well, especially at the whole left tackle situation throughout the summer. Uh, you know, about trying to move Betonio over and then you had Sean Coleman in there trying to get snaps. And then you got the whole Austin Corbett situation. It was just a mess. And so finally to get some continuity, you know, week after week, somebody solid, you know, and it took them a couple weeks to get there. Like, you know, it kills me how quick fans are to react to, you know, well, the guy was a bust there, so he's going to be a bust forever, you know, and he had a couple rough weeks, but I mean, he really solidified, the left tackle spot. So I think it's a no brainer. I don't know what you sign him for. Um, that might be kind of tricky because you can't give him like regular starting left tackle money, no. um, but you want to pay the guy and keep him around. So I'd try to give him some incentive based thing. And then Perriman, you know, he just helped stretch the field and, you know, Baker loves to throw down field. We know that. And it's, it's not going to stop anytime soon now that we got Freddie and Monken calling the plays offensively. So, you know, it's just a great story to have those guys come in and uh, contribute to the turning around of the season. And I, I, I go back and I agree with you as far as uh, D line help, definitely, because I think, was it uh, Garrett and um, Larry Ogobi? played what the most snaps out of any defensive lineman in the entire league this year or something like that. Um, so, you know, you need depth behind those guys and you, you probably need somebody um, for Ogba, you know, just because he's kind of always seems like he's kind of banged up, you know, and like you said, with the, the free agents, you know, people might be like, well, what do we need this guy for? I said the same thing last year when Dorsey signed all those corners you know, he signed Terrence Mitchell, he signed TJ Carey, he signed EJ Gaines, you drafted Denzel Ward, you know, you already had Body Calhoun, um, you know, so it was like, well, do we really need all those corners? And it turns out, yes, we did. <laughs> we absolutely did because we had major injuries at that spot and uh, there were some weeks where, man, it was getting thin. So I think depth is a good thing and if we... Uh, if we have trouble making final cuts in September or Labor Day weekend, whenever it is, then, again, it's just another good team problem. Absolutely. I mean, it's good business. And, look, I mean, you will be to the point where maybe you don't have to cut these guys. And it's like, all right, I'll take a fifth, a sixth, or a seventh, whenever. And just, you know, it gives you more flexibility and roster flexibility as you go on. Um, the thing with Greg Robinson is, is 
And Perriman as well. I mean, they've never really had success anywhere else. Obviously, Greg Robinson made a boatload of money already. So is it now, look, I don't mind, you know, I'll take a friendly deal. I'm comfortable. I'm playing, which is what every player wants. They want to be playing. Nobody wants to be the 53rd guy on the roster. Perriman, you know, Baltimore was really not the place for him because, I mean, it was always, you know, the, the, the style of play. And even if he was there this year, you know, where they eventually went to Lamar Jackson, he wouldn't have had a shot anyway. So it's more of a comfortable, and you know, and we, we talk uh, you know, on the show a lot. You know, Baker's kind of right now like the golden goose. You know, he gives out the golden. Brashard Perriman, because he's a name again, is because of Baker Mayfield. So if it's what maybe two years, six million, and after that he'll be what 27, 28 years old, can go sign for a three-year deal. Greg Robinson, you know, a guy who's been chasing a home now since he, you know, since he was first originally drafted. Um, well, I've got my spot here, and look, obviously, you know, the Charles Bentley, a huge influence with him. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the connection here, obviously, a little bit with Cleveland or whatever. So for him, you know, what three years, fifteen million, which is like dirt cheap for a left tackle. I mean, those are contracts that could possibly be signed by both of those guys. But I think, and I think the other thing for both of them was is there were no more expectations. It was kind of almost like last chance saloon, guys. Here's your opportunity. What are you going to do with it? I mean, because now we're talking, what are you doing after this? And maybe it was easier. And even when both of them got here, there were no expectations. You know, I mean, things weren't going very well. Um, you know, obviously there were a win or two when Bashar got in here, but there still wasn't really anything going on. And maybe it was coming in where it was, you know, laid back and easier and able to just kind of fall in line as opposed to Greg Robinson, number two overall pick, NFL bust. Bashar Perriman, NFL bust. They kind of just blended in with everybody else, and you know everybody wants to work, and it, it, they all took off together. So it, it's great from that respect, but I don't think either one of them would want any reason to be out of Cleveland. No, no, I don't, I don't either. I, I think they came in. I think it maybe just helped that the the pressure was off. You know, being out of Baltimore um, for Perriman, I think was a huge weight off his chest you know because he always had the pressure of uh of trying to perform there and it just never seemed to happen so he comes here he's got no expectations and he balls out i mean that dude was making catches like crazy i mean <laughs> you know he 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 never made catches like that in baltimore uh that, that was the one knock on him coming out of college was uh you know his hands weren't exactly reliable but he was big strong fast you know he had all the traits of a you know, prototype number one wide receiver, you know, and so when he starts catching the ball, then, you know, he's the guy. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I, I think, uh, I think it should be easy to get something done with those guys, like you said. And, and that, especially with Robinson, if you're not paying a left tackle ungodly amounts of money, and you're not paying a quarterback ungodly amounts of money, and you're not paying your uh, defensive ends ungodly amounts of money, you know, you're sitting pretty. And that's why I think John Dorsey is going to just go all out and uh, try to get as much talent as he can to maximize the next three to four years. Oh, and there's there's no question about it. I mean, because, I mean, literally right now he's, you know, he has 11 draft picks. He's going to probably have over $90 million in cap space. I mean, this is a dream. And you were 7-8-1. Um, Pittsburgh, I mean, it literally looks like the, tit- the Titanic right now. 
It's just a slow, inevitable sink into the ocean. Baltimore, look, I like Lamar Jackson, but if they're going to continue to play him like he is a high school quarterback and not develop him, I, I'm not too concerned. It reminds me of you know the uh, the wildcat that the Dolphins were used to run, where it's like, all right, it's only a matter of time before this isn't going to work. Will you let the kid be a damn quarterback? And yeah. Cincinnati is, I mean, if you want to, if you want to say somebody, Cleveland passed the cluster F tag to somebody. They passed it on to Cincinnati, 100%. Zach Taylor, who's supposed to be like this next QB guru guy. Um, right now, he's going to take over this job, and he's going to have Andy Dalton. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, obviously, maybe they're going to make some moves there, but still, I mean, you know, so you're starting from ground zero over there. And so, I mean, it's incredible the way it's worked out. Uh, guys, we did mention the Locked On Rams podcast, uh, the Locked On Saints podcast, guys, as we head here to Anderson Championship Sunday. Um, we obviously got to do a crossover. Um, Ross Jackson does a fantastic job at Locked On Saints, covers the team thoroughly and completely. So, you need anything else to get you ready for NFC Championship game, Ross Jackson and the Locked On Saints podcast. Check it out, guys. Now, um, as we said, now look, I mean, obviously we can't get too deep into free agency. But, you know, you get some names off the top, whether it's an Indomitian and Sue who had a one-year contract. I mean, it's almost free agent-wise, uh, Ryan, it's, it's a little bit more almost like hired gun type of thing here. You know, what are the last remaining pieces and that's approach. It's going to be fun to take here with this team, who was just trying to say, "We'll give you eighty million. Do you want to win three games over the next two years?" Right. <laughs> so, I mean, positions of interest that you think would be right off the bat for you. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, you know, like with with. Well, how about we Guys. do this? Are you keeping Jamie Collins? Probably not. Okay. No. So then there's an opening. <laughs> um, I, you know, I believe C.J. Mosley is uh, available. Yeah. And Baltimore, and, Baltimore is only at like $30 million in cap space. Right. And like you said, uh, you know, some of the other guys I'm trying to think um, – you know, you might have to. I mean, the thing is, you have eleven draft picks. You're not going to draft eleven guys. So even if you need to, you know, say say a team's going to, you know, rumor to cut somebody, you know, slip them a late round draft pick and just secure the player rather than you know having to, uh, you know, rather rather than having to you know take the risk of him becoming a free agent and then having to compete with all the other teams, you know, but. Uh, I don't know. I like you said. I haven't really gotten too far into it yet. Um, but I mean, anywhere on defense, you know, I, I don't think it would be. I think you're probably not going to keep a, a couple of those corners. Um, you know, I think you're you're, you're going to need you're going to need safety depth. You're going to need D line depth, obviously, outside linebacker. I think pretty much anything on the defense is is open for. Uh, for the taking, so yeah, I think for I'm, me, um, I think you're in a tough spot with Peppers and Kindred because it seems they're pretty similar. You would need, I think, you would rather somebody who can give you more what Randall gives you, as opposed to having two guys similar to Peppers and Kindred. Right, I agree, and also, um, I can't believe I keep forgetting linebacker. Um, you know, the way the way that the offenses are playing right now, I mean, we got Schobert. 
Okay, Kirksey, you know, he he finished the year on IR. You know, it, he's that, the t- he's the tough one because he's such a damn good guy. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, you know he's how a, that. <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, he's a, he's a great guy, and and you know everybody loves him, and that's fantastic. Um, his play this year, his best game was the Tampa game when he was playing because Joe Schobert was out. And look, there's no opening at middle linebacker, so it makes a tough spot for Christian Kirksey right now. Yeah, right. And and then you need you know you need guys on on either side. So you know you need you need guys that can that can get the width of the field, run down defenders, uh, cover. You know, we need somebody to cover a tight end. I mean, for God's sakes. Or even, so. I mean, even I go to the Carolina game. I mean, and Joe obviously was out there. He was not 100% with his hamstring. But you need to cover guys like James Conner. You need to cover guys like Christian McCaffrey. And that showed blatantly this year as issues on this defense. Right, exactly. You know, there's more and more running backs are becoming wide receivers. That's why Le'Veon Bell sat out the season because he wants to get paid like a wide receiver, not a running back. They're, you know, they're throwing... 80 balls a se- a year, you know, they want to be paid better. So, um, you know, you're going to have to get linebackers and guys that can cover those backs coming out of the backfield and running those crosser routes. No doubt about it. Now, before we start to put a bow on this, Ryan, I'm going to give you a couple of questions here. Give me your biggest, biggest moment of this season. The one where, it, for you as a fan who's been following this team for so long, you kind of just sat up and said, holy crap. I think this team is back to being legitimate. Um, let's see. I, I mean, I want to say the Jets game, but that was so early in the season. You know, I can't say that I thought the team was legit. Uh, that was, was more just, of a that was more of a hey, we may have our quarterback moment. Not the the holy shit, the team's back yet. Yeah, yeah. I want to say the the Broncos game. Uh, yep. at the, yeah, towards the end of the season. I mean that. To, to go into a mile high or, you know, whatever, and, uh, you know, to beat them there first time since 1990, um, you know, for Baker to come back, it looked like it, it didn't look good for a little while, and then it looked like they were going to come back and easily kick the, the game-winning field goal, and then Peppers had that huge sack. He played a great game. Um, you know, I just thought that that game was – that game was so much fun to watch. It was a Saturday night game, you know, the prime time. So, you know, it's hard to pick a game other than that. But I mean, the whole last half of the season w- was fun. I mean, every every week, even even when they lost, you know, you, there were still things that Baker was doing, and it was just like, wow, you know. And Nick Chubb, you know, had he played the entire season, geez, you know, it's like there were so many things that. I just feel like the season was like a tease, you know, because <laughs> we, only, we only really got to see eight games of what it could be, and I, I just can't wait to see a full sixteen-game season with with all of these pieces in place. It'll just be so damn fun. And well, for me, and that's the one thing, and you know, and everybody, you know, like because uh, you know, for me, it's defense, defense, defense. That's where the assistance needs. Even if they didn't add another skill player, obviously they're going to. Nobody takes into the account of Baker in year two and all these guys of playing with Baker in year two and the fact that you know these guys are going to do things together all the offseason and they're going to go into OTAs and Baker's the type of guy where, I mean, 
He developed a relationship with Daniel Fells, for God's sakes. Now, here was a guy who was brought in to be your extra left tackle. And Baker looks at him like, dude, there's there's going to be weeks you're making plays. And I think all these guys are so jazzed up about that. And it's, it's it was only, essentially, really, it was only half a season. Imagine what it's going to be like when they hit the ground running next September. It's it's mind-boggling with that. Now, give me the give me your low low part of the the season. Give me give me the low moment where it was like, oh man, please tell me we're not doing this again. Well, I mean, it was just the I, I've tried to put the whole Hugh Jackson thing out of my mind, but I mean, it was. You just, don't have to. We love bashing Hugh on this show. Yeah. Week after week, it was just the same old thing, and it, it just became obvious, you know. And then it just became obvious something should have been done last year, and it wasn't. And whatever, that's fine, you know. D- John Dorsey was brand new, you know. You give him a year to get his feet wet in the organization, stuff like that. It, it's fine. Um, but then you heard all the you know, the rumblings about internal strife and discord between Haley and Hugh, and they're taking shots at each other in in press conferences. And you just heard some of the things that were going on behind the scenes with Hugh. Um, You know, like he had people watching other people. He would supposedly go back to his uh, office and watch Haley's press conferences and, uh, you know, he was feeling slighted or he felt like Haley was taking shots at him. So then he came out the whole, um, you know, just the whole situation with Hugh Jackson was a was a nightmare. And that could not have ended any faster for, for my thing. So, like, I can't really pinpoint one thing in those first eight weeks. Uh, the Probably the loss at Oakland might have mm-hmm. been like, oh. My God, and and that's not all, Hugh. Uh, I had a big gripe with the the referees in a couple of those games. I, you know, look at the what was it, the Ravens game? Uh, you know, where the the touchdown or yeah, he they called it too early, and then you know, Peppers would have had a walk in touchdown. We could have won that game in Week 17, but it didn't happen. So I mean, I think the Raiders game was probably my the point where I was just like absolutely disgusted because we had that game and we should have won it. But and, and the Raiders game for me it was well Greg, you just spent an entire 0 16 season playing Ben but don't break. Where the hell is it today? Like where was it that week? I mean like you were you you had that game plan because you know Greg just did it for the entire 17 season of look, I'm going to drop everybody back and it's going to if you're going to score, it's going to take you 12 to 13 plays. And it was like all of a sudden, like he forgot that type of, you know, he forgot that entire game plan. And, you know, be that as may, we're on to brighter days. Um, but, Ryan, I'm not going to let you go without asking you. Look, uh, Championship Sunday, uh, obviously, you know, Rams Saints. Um, and I do think it's really weird that Rams Saints is the early game. Meanwhile, you're po- possibly going to kick off at 640 the AFC Championship game with the Patriots and the Chiefs in what could be, you know, weather in the teens, but whatever. That is what it is. Give me some picks, Ryan. Um, I mean, man, I, I really want to see the Rams and, uh, Chiefs, um, again, right? What's that? Again? Yes. Yes. Uh, I I just think I want to see the new NFL on display, um, because we're, that's where we're heading. Um, 
that's just absolutely where this is all going. I think the Browns realize that. I think that's reflective of all the moves they've made um, and will continue to make. So I want to see Rams, Chiefs, and, uh, you know, as much as I'd like, you know, I, I have great respect for Drew Brees and uh, Tom Brady and, and the Patriots and all that stuff. But, nah, I'm, I'm on to – I want to see the new NFL on display. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun, so – yeah, well, and even the thing, though, it, it, it might not even be the new NFL because these teams already played each other. So there's a way to keep it where it's not going to be a game that total points, combined points, is going to be in the hundreds. These teams already know each other a little bit. Um, the thing with, look, I mean, I will never discredit Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and everything they've done. But, uh, you know, take me completely out of this and just the football fan in me, I'm sick and tired of it. I, 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 I mean, it's like a sitcom that's gone on four seasons too freaking long. I don't need to see the hot couple of your sitcom have their fourth child. We're done. We've seen this. Let's move on. Um, the Saints, look, they are fun. Drew Brees, obviously, in the, in the cast they have going on there. But it's almost that's almost kind of similar. Like, in, I'm almost I want to see the next era of the New New Orleans Saints. But yes, I 100% agree with you. Chiefs, Rams. Um, that that would be the way to go, and you know what? Put them in the you know let, let them wear all you know let the Rams wear the all yellow, let the Chiefs wear the all red again. Let's have some damn fun with it. Ketchup and mustard game. <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's fine. Who cares? Because you know what? When they're running up and down the field, a hundred million miles an hour, nobody's gonna care. Yeah, it would be a it'd be a lot of fun. Like you said, the Patriot. That's Alabama Clemson all over again. We Thank just did you. that. Two weeks ago, and but the only was, reason that I mean, at least that was good because at least Clemson brought in a new player to it. Really, yeah, I mean, there was really. something different in that respect to it. But yes, I mean, we've we've seen this dead horse beaten to death already. Just let it go and uh, already. Now, Ryan, with the writing, I mean, we are we are we saying we're full time back? Well, that's my goal. Um, so yeah, it's funny you hit the nail on the head when you were talking earlier about how it, it just got so tiring like i wrote i wrote for sb nation and we had the browns draft site you know this was probably five six years ago now and it just got it just got old it just got tired it just, just got hard to cover this team and so now there's just this new energy and new so I, i've wanted to get back into writing um and fortunately chris at dogs by nature um I still had my SB Nation account, so he hooked me up and said, "Yeah, man, come on and help us out. You know, whatever you want, go ahead and post." So, um, yeah, I'm getting back into it. I'm I'm just kind of doing for the reps at this point, just to you know get get the feel and stuff like that. Try not to get too long winded in my posts because I I have a tendency, especially when I haven't done it in so long. There's just so much that I want to like get out, you know. Um, so I'm just learning the style again, kind of getting my name back out there and uh you know hopefully it'll lead to bigger things um but that's this is just the start and uh you know I, what a great time to do it <laughs> yeah exactly and it's you know it, it's you know i mean it's so hard to put a shine on a turd now you're not trying to put a shine on a turd yeah. you're literally yeah. talking about it and it's coming from the heart and that was and even cuz i mean you know i got you know everybody bashed me last year because i came up with the hashtag of hueless for clueless it was so frustrating to see basically a blind guy be your leader because nobody's going to follow that. And you look, John, I mean, he accepted this job with the acceptance of the fact that Q was going to start the 18th season. And folks that I've talked to, you know, John had gone to, 
Um, Jimmy Haslam said, look, this needs to end now. And Jimmy Haslam basically had counteracted him with, well, that's fine, but you're not, Haley can go too. And all of a sudden, and, and the thing with Kitchens, and it always goes back to a phrase, like times in my life where I was frustrated and I go to my dad and say, this is aggravating me, you know, this isn't working out. And you know, he always told me, son, you're going to find something when you're not looking for it. And that's basically what, that is Freddie Kitchens to the nutshell. You weren't looking for it, and all of a sudden this guy took over. Um, but it's been a blast, Ryan. We're gonna have to get a couple. Definitely get together a couple times more here over the off season. Here, you know, free agency coming on. Obviously, you know, draft stuff. Um, so it was a blast, guys. Uh, if you know, Ryan Alton, he's back, guys. Dogs by nature. Um, anything you want to read? You know, Ryan, he does thorough work. But the the key is, is you want to have some motivation to your work. And obviously, anything Browns wise, the motivation factor is off the charts right now. So it's great to have Ryan back. Uh, follow that Ryan Seabus, uh, the Lockdown Browns podcast. Go ahead, follow that. We always keep it a follow back account. Any questions, anything, post over there. DM me over there. I'm always quick to return them, guys. Uh, the sound is fixed now. I returned those 20 DMs, guys. We tried something a little different. It didn't work out. I do apologize with the sound, but we're back to where we were here. Um, follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. iTunes, rating, reviews. Keep them coming all day, every day. Alexa Surrey, tell them. Play podcast Locked On Browns. We'll take care of you with that. And anything you need from the Locked On NFL Network, Instagram and Twitter, we got you covered there. And as we always say, when we put a bow on Locked On Browns, LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.